everyone. Welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. This past week was College Football Conference Championship Weekend, which for a lot of people means the official start of the best part of the year, bowl season. If that's you, then you're especially going to enjoy this week's show. My guest this week is Tyson Helton, who is in his first year as head football coach at Western Kentucky University. As many of you know, I'm a WKU alum and a huge Hilltopper fan, as well as a coach myself, so I was thrilled to get to sit down and talk to Coach Helton about the human side of coaching and how his faith has helped him stay grounded in a very difficult business. We recorded this episode a few weeks back, fresh off of WKU's blowout win over Arkansas, and at that point, WKU still had a couple games left to play. They have since won those two games to finish the season 8-4, and four, and they just earned a berth in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl versus Western Michigan in Dallas on December 30th. Guys, coaching is about so much more than just what people see in the two to three hour time frame of a game. And it was great to talk to Coach Helton about all the layers that go into coaching. When you get a coach who cares as much about developing players as people as he does as players, you know you've got a good one, and that's Coach Helton. The music that you're hearing, of course, is from my friend Ryan Allwort. He's got a great new Christmas album out called Indiana Christmas. If you have not checked it out, please go do so. He was kind enough to write the music that we use for the show. So make sure you go support him by checking out his music. Thank you to everybody who's been listening. If you're new this week, welcome to the show, and I hope you'll stick around for more episodes. But in the meantime, enjoy this conversation with WKU football coach Tyson Helton. Chelton, welcome back to Bowling Green. It seems like it's been a pretty good first year for you so far. Yeah, it's been been great to, to be back here. And uh, when I was here before, we had so so many great memories and we enjoyed our time so much here. So it's been a great blessing to be able to come back and do what I dreamed of doing is being the head coach here at Western Kentucky. And uh, we're off to a good start. We just got to finish strong. We got a couple more games left. Yeah, I mean, I think you know after the first game of the year, a lot of people were a little – uh, surprised by the result, but as the year has gone on, obviously with the win over Arkansas and that kind of stuff, you got to be really happy with how your team has responded to your, you know, obviously when there's a new coach, there's a lot of new things that are installed and implanted, but um, you know, you've got to be happy with how your team has responded this far in the season. I would yeah. Think. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm really proud of our guys and, you know, in the season you're going to have a lot of ups and downs and the dynamics of college football these days. I mean, really anybody can beat anybody. And I'm looking back on it, to be honest with you. And, and I felt this way early in the season, you know, as tough as that first loss was the opener, I think we learned so many lessons about ourselves and as a team. I don't know if we would have had the successes that we've been able to accomplish throughout the season if it hadn't been for that. You know, they talk about a lot of times you learn the most from your failures. And we learned so many life lessons coming out of that game that, uh, you know, really benefited us throughout the season. So uh, I'm really proud of our guys and how they've responded throughout the season. And uh, got a couple more to go. And hopefully we can look back and say, hey, what a, what a good first year. Coaching is a tough business because there's just a lot of pressure, especially in your first year. I know that you want to come in and make an impact and prove to fans that, hey, I'm for real. This team is for real. How do you balance those pressures as a coach while also trying to stay focused on just coaching football? You know, I for me, and, and I truly say this, I'm being open and honest, I, I don't really feel the pressure. And I, I, I've been very blessed that I grew up as a coach's kid. Um my dad was a head coach. My brother's a head coach. I've worked for, for so many really good head football coaches. It just kind of comes natural of the, the daily stresses 
you almost embrace them. You know, you almost you know they're coming, and so you 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 you're able to handle those a lot more and a lot better. Um, I, I like to think that you know I'm, I'm strong with my beliefs and my faith and and my family, and I got a great wife and great children, and they keep me very balanced, you know, and at the end of the day, as important football is, it is just a game. And you have to remember that, hey, it's great to be a part of that game. And to, to, you know, there's a lot of honor in that and to appreciate it. And so that eases a lot of the stresses that that you have. Um, I believe if you're strong in your faith and you do, you put your best foot forward and do as good as you can do that, you just lay, leave the rest out there. The rest is up to God, to be honest with you. And uh, that's kind of how I live my life. And um, now, not to say, don't 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 think I'm not right before the kickoff. My stomach's not turning, and I'm not uh, freaking out a little bit inside. But uh, uh, that's just a part of the game, and 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 I embrace it and love it. You know, as a coach myself, and and I play competitive tennis, and you know, just anybody who's competitive, it's easy to get lost in those emotions when you're in a game especially if it's a tight game, it's a meaningful game. How do you stay composed and not lose your cool in a moment where maybe you don't agree with the call that the ref made, you don't agree with what's going on on the field? Maybe you hear somebody say something to you. Maybe it's off the football field, you see somebody say something to you. How do you, um, as a coach who's got a competitive drive, football is a very competitive sport, when your faith is such a big thing to you, how do you keep your emotions in check whenever you're in a moment where it's very easy to lose your cool? Yeah, you know, I think with with the different dynamics of sports and all the emotions and the ups and downs, it is so hard. Uh, a lot of that just comes with experience. And, and uh, there's a really good coach out there that I had a chance to work for. His name's John Baxter, a great special teams coach. And uh, he would tell his players all the time, as emotions go up, intelligence goes down. And what's that, what that means is, hey, if you're getting angry and you're getting frustrated, usually you're not thinking clearly. It's very hard to balance the two. So you have to be able to keep your emotions in check and be able to put them aside so that you can be able to function that, you know, the intelligent side of it and being able to respond to the scenarios you're in, you know, you can do that proficiently. Um, so I've always kind of kept that MO and it, but it is tough at times, you know, I mean, you official makes a call, you, you, you know, he's wrong in the call. It could affect the outcome of the game. It is part of that for me is I, I think our conference has really good officials, but their their job is extremely hard as well. So just like anybody else, you have to take that into effect. And the fact that you have to say, I know at some point in time during this game, something's going to get messed up, and I have no control over that. So I can only control my response to that. And if you respond the right way, usually you can work your way through it. Mm-hmm. And good football teams and good coaches, that's, that's how they should respond. Mm-hmm. Where did you – I guess, get your foundation of faith. I mean, kind of walk me through your story, your journey of faith, you know, I guess your upbringing, how you, how you got to be where you're at now in terms of where your faith is at. Yeah. You know, um, like anything, you know, I, I grew up normal parents. Dad was a, is a long time college and NFL coach. Um, you know, my mom uh, was at home raising me and, um, they're, you know, they're strong with their faith as well, you know, and I'll be open and honest with you. I'm a football coach. I don't go to church every Sunday. 
Um, you know, I believe there's church in a lot of different places. I'm an outdoorsman. I love to be in the woods and hunt and fish. And I've, I've never been more closer to God than I, when I'm by myself right. and when the sun's coming up on the water and yep. I'm, I'm throwing top water and I'm fishing somewhere <laughs> or I'm sitting in a deer stand. You know, there, so I do I do believe that that. Um, you know, you don't you don't have to necessarily say, "Hey, I'm sitting in church every Sunday to to be strong in your faith." But my parents gave me just a strong foundation that that you know, and, and I believe in my life experiences, and I'm still growing in that area. You know, I look back to the person I was ten years ago, and I'd like to think I've always been a pretty good guy, but I look back ten years ago. You know, I'm nowhere near the person I was mm-hmm. 10 years ago. I'd like to think I've grown a lot more uh, in my faith and who I am. And, you know, it's like anything in life. You gain wisdom. That's really a, a precious thing. People don't understand mm-hmm. wisdom is, is so precious in life. Um, so that that's really, for me, the, the main goal is to, to gain more and more wisdom. I think as you have children, I have four children, I think it changes your whole perspective right. on life. Um, you know, George Strait has a great song, says, I saw God today. It's about, you know, uh, a man and his, and his, and his firstborn daughter and that experience he had, and it changed his whole aspect in life. Well, I've had four children and they're all great, but it makes you appreciate the creation of life and, and what all the blessings that God has given you. And so that's how, why I'm able to work that in my, in my work life. You know, I think, it goes back to, hey, football's just a game. It's a very important game. It's our livelihood. But at the end of the day, God's in control of all that. So um, I sleep pretty good at night. I don't I don't stir at night because my conscience is clear and the fact that, hey, I know God's got me. I know he's going to put me in the right place and, and where I need to be. And right now the place I need to be is, is right here at Western Kentucky being in the head football coach. Who are some – mentors in your life or people that you go to whenever you're seeking either professional, personal advice, life advice, that kind of thing? Who are people that you go to? Well, again, I, I talk about my family. My, my dad and I are extremely close. My dad's on staff here with me. I didn't think, I think this first year, if I didn't have him with me, who knows? I, I don't know if we would, we might have not have won two or three more games that we were able to win. And again, I use the word wisdom. He has so much wisdom. You know, he's, Everything I've dreamed about, he's done twice. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he from the coaching world to being a great husband, a great father, a great leader. And so, you know, anytime I have any any issues or anything, just daily things that come up, I'll talk with him a lot. Uh, my brother's been great for me. You know, he's probably the best older brother a guy could have. Um, you know, almost like a dad, a father figure, to be honest with you. He's such a a great educator, such a great person. Um, he's such a servant. I mean, you talk about servant leadership. I mean, my brother Clay Helton is the epitome of being a servant leader. I mean, he's willing to sacrifice himself for the good of others. And uh, I've learned a lot from him on that. Um, you know, and I've been very blessed just to be around a lot of really good football coaches and, uh, you know, men that were, you know, and, and a lot of times people want to say, well, give me a famous name and those kind of things. And I've been around a lot of famous people, but some of the best teachers, educators, mentors I've ever been around, they were the they were the janitors. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They were the they were the quality control guys. They were the video guys. They were the equipment managers. These were people that were very they were servants, you know, but 
they were there for the good of others. And uh, I've learned a lot more from them than I have any, anybody else, to be honest with you. I think as, as football fans, especially college football fans in America, it's very easy, um, especially during the, the offseason when there's a lot of coaching changes and people are all wanting to see what coach is going where and who's doing what. You know, whenever you're a coach and you're moving from a different job, a lot of times fans forget about there's a family involved. There's human element involved in that and for a coach you know it's a it's a big decision you know for instance you're leaving Tennessee to come here and take this job whenever you've left one job and gone to another um, I guess what has that process looked like and maybe it's looked different every time but what is from, from a coach's perspective just to kind of shed light to fans who might be listening to this and not really understanding kind of what really goes on when that decision's made I mean how do you sort through that process as a coach and as a human being with a family? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, it starts with my family aspect of it. Being married and have four children, I, you know, for me, it, it, the job never changes. You know, the, the, the social aspect never changes for me. I'm, I'm working with a group of guys that, you know, we were, you know, you could put me in one program to the next. I'm still doing the same thing every single day. So, my life is very easy in that aspect. You know, it never changes. What it does change is the family aspect and the family dynamics. So the first thing I look at is wherever we're going to, is that a place I want to live and a place my family's want to live? Uh, is my wife going to be comfortable? Are my children going to excel? Um, you know, all the social dynamics that are involved in that. Uh, you know, being a, a, having a coaching family is like being in the military. You just know probably every three to five to seven years yeah. you're picking up and moving. Um, so you have to embrace that. And everywhere we've lived, we've been very blessed. They've been great places, and we've enjoyed every aspect of it. Um, but it really starts with my wife and my kids. Are they happy? Because if they're happy, I'm happy. You know, there's nothing worse than you, you're at a place and the family's not happy. So all those stresses that come on top of that. Um, the other part for me that's really big is the, the people I work for. You know, who is my boss? Whether I'm assistant coach and I'm working for a particular head coach or an athletic director, who are those people? Because that's a huge part of that as well. And uh, you want to be in a great working environment. I've been very fortunate. Every job I've had, it's been a great working environment. Um, I've worked I can't think of one situation where I look back on it that I didn't learn so much from somebody, didn't value the experience. Um, you know, it, everywhere I've been, I've been very, very blessed to to be a part of just really special things that were going on in the program. And my family thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, it, it's been it's been a good ride, to be honest with you. What's maybe one thing you've either experienced or learned in your first year here at WKU that maybe coming into the season you didn't expect to happen or just something that surprised you in terms of, I guess, kind of more of the day-to-day -day job and, you know, how your how it affects your life or that kind of thing. I mean, is there anything that's kind of been a surprise, either good or bad, since you've been here? Uh, good question. Nothing, mate, no, no major surprise. I tell you what I've been very, very pleased with. When I, when I first took the job, um, I visited with every player on the team one-on-one. -on -one visited with every staff member one-on-one -on -one, um, and kept a lot of the staff. And, 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 you know, when I first took it, I started to think about where do, how do I want to, how do we take this next step to, to be successful? And 
Um, at the time, we were coming off a season that we weren't as happy as we wanted to be. It wasn't a very successful season in our eyes. And um, so I was looking at it kind of from a, a look of how do we build confidence? How do we get the program where we want it to go? And everybody I met with, I felt like we all had the same vision. And, and so I wasn't surprised in the fact to see where we are now. What was really neat, though, was everything we had talked about. I talked about with every player what was important to them. What do you want to see happen in the program? What do you want to see happen for you individually? Every coach, same way. It was really cool to see all those things happening throughout the season. I think we all knew it was going to be a hard, tough road. There was going to be a lot of ups and downs. But we knew if we all stuck together, pulled together, fought for each other, believed in each other, that good things would happen. Mm-hmm. And and to lose the first game, you know, and, and at it, it, yeah, at home, uh, it really tested that to say, hey, you say you want this. You say you want to have this success. You say you want all these things to come to fruition. Well, you know, hey, we, we hit some adversity here. Can, can we can we go build and go make it happen? So to see that, you know, just the gradual process of where we started, where we are now, and it says a lot about this program, this administration, our players. Um, it really makes my job easy. You know, a lot of times the head football coach gets the credit, man, you're doing a great job in this area, or, hey, this was – it. I'm a small, small, minute part of the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it really starts with the athletic director, Um, It starts with our training staff, our strength staff, our equipment staff. The players have to believe in each other, Um, you know, the coordinators and those things. So really my my job as a head coach is just make sure we're we're staying in our lane and and we're traveling down that road we said we wanted to be on. And so that's probably been – it wasn't a surprise, but it's something I'm very happy to see has has happened so far. This first year you've kind of had – I guess the, a really low low of losing to an FCS team, but then a really high high of beating an SEC team on the road. So it's two uh, very different swings of emotion there. How do you stay grounded in who you are as a coach? And also kind of like we talked, like you were talking about keeping the players focused. You know, whenever you lose a first game to a team that's a level below you, it can be easy to be dejected. As a coach, you've got to be the one that keeps them up, and the players have to respond to that too. I mean, how do you kind of remain even-keeled and keep the, the, the same um, – I keep your personality and stay grounded from a loss like that also whenever you're euphoric after a win like you had against Arkansas? I think, you know, the biggest thing is that you're, there's consistency there and, and that people always see the consistency side of you. And I, I talk all the time about, you know, people should never know the difference in your personality between a win and a loss. Yes, you're going to be very happy right after a win or when you're talking to the media. You'll celebrate that win that night. But the next morning when you get up and you go to work, it, you know, that's over and done with. Whether you won or lost, it's over and done with. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the players about that prior to the season, about, guys, this is how we're going to operate day in and day out, no matter whether we win or lose. I'm going to go home at night, whether we win or lose, and I'm going to sleep good because I know – we gave it our all, I gave it my all, and the rest is up to God, basically. Now, when I get up the next morning, I'm ready to go to work, and so should you, and you should be ready to go to work. Well, to say that's one thing, to do it's another. I think after the first loss, 
you know, I immediately walked in the locker room after the game, talked to the team, very normal personality, said, hey, you're not going to see a difference in my personality between uh, a win and a loss when we get ready to work tomorrow. Came into the team meeting the next day, said, you guys ready to go to work? All right, coach, let's go to work. And so they saw that, and they and they embraced that. And uh, our, our staff has embraced that. And I think it relieves a lot of stress, to be honest with you, um, because kids are resilient. I call our guys 18 to 22-year-olds kids, yeah. but they're resilient. You know, and I can remember being a player, and you lay it out on the li- all on the line out on the field. Hey, as long as you're doing that, there's a lot of honor in that. Yeah, you want to win, and sometimes it doesn't go your way. So go to bed, have a good night's sleep, get up the next day, and let's go to work. You do that, you're going to have a lot of success. So that's kind of our blueprint here. I always tell my players, you know, I'm coaching mostly 15 to 18-year-olds, and so it's a different age group. But my message to them always is, obviously, I want to win. I want them to win. But I want them to leave my program feeling like they've grown as young men. And to me, you know, when our kids, if they ever act up and they're not acting like I expect them to, that's almost more disappointing than a loss. You know, I guess whenever you're thinking about building the character of these players here, how much pride do you take in that? And how much of that is, you know, obviously you're – by the outside perspective, you're judged on wins and losses, and the average fan isn't going to see how much you impact a player day to day. You know whether it's their academics or just a personal issue. You know, for me as a coach, that's the kind of stuff that I feel the most rewarded in is whenever I see somebody really grow as an individual. For instance, when I got married, I had five of my tennis players come to my wedding, and just to see them still, you know, we still keep in contact and we're all really close. In fact, one of them was my assistant coach this year and those relationships are what I cherish. So I guess aside from the on field product of coaching, how much is that off the field aspect of coaching important to you? It's extremely important. Um, It's really the piece that I was looking forward to the most of being a new head football coach. Um, Everybody wants to go win football games and, and nobody wants to win more than me. But the piece that I always you know basically had in me is I've always been a guy that if players had issues I was willing to help them out you know and 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 make sure maybe a guy's struggling with academically making sure he has what he needs to be successful you know I look at coaching you're like you're just like a teacher I mean you're an educator that's all you are you're a teacher and an educator well if you're going to wear that hat you have to be able to embrace all the things that go with it. And it's not just on the field, it's the, it's the whole person. Because if, if, if a kid knows that you love them and you believe in them and you want to take care of them, you're going to get the most out of that person. You know, they're going to do whatever it takes. Um, and so the, that piece for me was really important. We implemented some things here early on. I hired an academic coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, she does an unbelievable job. And, you know, we have an academic center here, and they do a good job and all those things, but, and everybody else does in college football. Well, the one thing I always felt like there was a separation between the athletic building and the academic building. You know, they're, they're in their world and we're in our world. I said, why not have an in-house academic coordinator, somebody that's going to see these people right. every single day and is going to meet with them every single day so your your guys know automatically you're investing in them and their success. 
Um, the other thing we did, we put a lot of time and effort into our FCA program. Wayne Dickens is the head of our FCA. Mm-hmm. We amped that up a bunch. Wayne has done a fabulous job with that of really developing our guys, giving them life skills. You know, a lot of these young men that come to us, just the normal life skills of, hey, how do you grocery shop? How do you wash your clothes? How do you, you know, balance a checkbook? You know, those are all common everyday things. As an adult, you know how to do. Well, somebody's got to teach those guys that. And So I think a lot of times people just think, well, it's just the football X's and O's. But we're really trying to develop – people into champions you know you want to win championships well there's more to it you want to develop champions when our guys leave here and i say it all the time i want them to be great husbands great fathers great leaders great citizens you know i want them to be re-recruited out of western kentucky for the professional world i want people to say hey come work for me not just because of what you did on the football field but because what you represent you know and i think that's why people miss in student athletes today. You know, those are great workforce. That is a great workforce. Former college student athletes, mm-hmm. because nobody sacrifices and works harder than college student athletes. Mm-hmm. The amount of time that you are devoted to your craft, and and you're going to school and you and you're doing that, and you're and you're focusing on you know the sport that you play, and all the time and effort that goes into it. That's the best training you could ever have for life in general. And so we want to make sure that our guys are, are ready, not just for four years. You know, hey, they spent four years here and had a great four years and they got a degree. We really want to position them for the next 40 to 50 years of their life. Mm-hmm. We want them to be able to come back and say, this university, this program, these people invested in me, and in turn they'll invest back into the program right. for the next generation. So for every coach, that's the ultimate goal. Unfortunately, in our profession, that transition happens three years, five years, right. seven years. So you really try to make as much of an impact as you can. You put things in place that you hope can sustain even long after you're gone. Right. And I really felt like we're, we're doing that here. And again, it's not me. Starts with our administration, starts with uh, Todd Stewart, our AD. He's really invested in the student athletes here and wants them to be successful. So I think that's what separates Western a little bit from some other places, to be honest with you. I assume all of that is part of this, but when you're sitting across a table from a recruit and their family, what is it that you're saying to them to pitch them to consider or to come to Western Kentucky? A lot of that is kind of what I just said, but I do think at the end of the day, when you're at a place like Western Kentucky, it sells itself. And I tell everybody this. I said, everywhere you go, there's no bad college institution. To be able to go play the sport that you want to play and get your education paid for is a true blessing in life. I mean, it's, it's rare. Um, and there's no bad universities, so they're all good. So what's going to separate Western Kentucky from everywhere else, you know? Well, there's two things for, for me. One is it's people. I think we have unbelievable people here in every aspect. And I think when a parent, you know, not necessarily maybe the recruit, because for the recruit, other things are important to them. But for the parent or the aunt and uncle or grandmother, grandfather that, you know, are taking care of them, they want to know, is it a safe environment? Is it a nurturing environment? Is this young man going to be somebody that's ready for the real world in four to five years? Mm -hmm. How are you going to position them 
to be ready for the real world. And that's the vision that I try to sell is, hey, this is not about four or five years. This is about 40 to 50 years of your life. And what are you going to do with that? And how do we position you to, to, to be successful? And the, the piece of being re-recruited out of college is very important. I think there's a lot of universities today that talk about getting a degree. Well, that's great. Well, if you do what you're supposed to do, you really should come out of college with a master's degree in hand. Mm -hmm. If you follow the, the game plan that we put in place here, you should have an undergraduate degree in three and a half years, and you should have a master's within five. Mm -hmm. So get the most out of your college education. And then the next piece on top of that is the connections that we have. If you look at right down the road, Nashville is the largest growing right. city in America yeah. right now, our fastest growing city in America. You know, we're four and a half hours from Atlanta. You know, those two job markets alone are, are leading the country right now. Louisville's just two hours yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, Louisville's two hours away. I mean, so really there's a lot of, of alumni and, and connections that we have that if a, if a young person's willing to invest in themselves, people are going to turn around four and five years and want to invest in them. And, and that's the number one thing we sell, our people and that, that vision of the next 40 to 50 years. This is kind of a two-part question, but what's the hardest part of your job? And then in turn, what have you found to be is the best part of your job as a head football coach? The hardest part of my job is when you, when you have young men that are not willing to excel with all the blessings God has given them and that you eventually have to part ways with them. Yeah. And they normally will do it to themselves. They'll, they'll either screw up in a social aspect of it or academically. Right. Um, and that's just a part of life. You can't, you, everybody can't be saved. We do our best to try to help everybody and save everybody. But that's the one aspect that I've, I've accepted that. I understand that's a part of my job. But I'm going to fight, scratch, and claw to make every member of our football team a success. Mm -hmm. I know you can't. There's not a hundred percent, you know, satisfaction right. in that. It's just not going to happen. But I would like to think we got a pretty good rating there, and we're going to we're going to do our best to make that happen. So that's the disappointing side of it. the The best side of my job is to be able to see. The, the young guys that come into your program, and it, really I'm speaking from over my career because right. I've only been a head coach for a year, but the young guys that come into your program and watching them grow and mature, and then they leave and they go get jobs and they're successful and all those things, and then they come back to the university and they give back right. and they they talk about, you know, hey, people invested in me, and, and, and that's really what's rewarding about the job for me. Um, and that's what I hope we can build here. You know, I, I hope I'm here for a long time. If it's in God's plan, great. But I hope that we, we can establish that blueprint here that, you know, a young man goes four to five years here, he's going to come back and want to be a part of the program and give back because he knows there was a lot of value put in that. You know, as somebody who worked in sports media, it's easy for us. We sit on the other side of the podium from the coach and we hear them this say a player transfers or is dismissed from the team, you know, we, we, we hear that it happened and the coach says he's gone. What we don't see is the conversation you have with him about that. I mean, you don't have to get into too big details, but, you know, what are those conversations like? And I, I can only imagine 
like you mentioned, how difficult it has to be to tell a kid, hey, you know, it's just not working out here. You know, how do you as a coach and a human being handle that to where you want to make sure that the player knows this isn't the end of the road. It's just not working here. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different um, different things when you start talking about the transfer portal. The Kind of our MO here is I believe if you sign a young man and that young man is doing all the right things, he's working extremely hard, he's going to class, he's keeping his grades up, he's doing everything you ask of him, he's always going to have a scholarship here. Mm-hmm. He, he's If he's doing what he's supposed to do and he's a good guy and all that, we signed you. Uh, for whatever reason, you may not be good enough or whatever, you know, and I, and I probably have five or six of those guys on this team. It would be very easy for me to say, hey, you know, you're probably not going to play here. You need to move on and all that. Most of the time, the guys kind of come on their own and they say, hey, coach, I love it here. I love Western, um, but I'm not getting a lot of playing time. like to try to go somewhere where maybe I can make an impact and play. I fully understand that. So I always want to have those real conversations. So in the beginning of the year, I, I say that to our, our guys. I say, hey, listen, the transfer portal's out there. I think if you're open and honest and you're upfront about everything, then you're not going to have issues. Right. And I'm gonna, I tell them, hey, if you're ever thinking about that, just come see me. We'll have a conversation. Uh, and I'm okay with not every situation being this way, but if a guy wants to enter the transfer portal and maybe see kind of what's out there, and then, you know, he may stay. You know, I've had one or two guys stay. They put their name in the transfer portal, and then they stay. Right. You know, and I, I like to think because of how we had open communication and, and I expressed how I felt and how he expressed how he felt, and he decided, you know what, this is the best place for me. I do need to stay. So every situation's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I think what you see in the transfer portal is more player-driven now than it is coach-driven. Right. Um, it's really a, the player saying, you know, I think I can go make a better impact on another team if it's not working out here. So I would say that's probably 70% of the time mm-hmm. that's the case. It's player-driven. The other 30% is, you know, player isn't doing what he's supposed to do, you know, all those kind of things. And I would like to think our players feel like if they screw up, we're not we're not trying to run. We love them. We want to take care of them. But – all our players know there's a there's a line, right? And we don't cross that line. And there's some things you can't say I'm sorry for, you know. And if I'm gonna get you ready for the real world, you better know what the real world's like. And we approach every day here like it's a job, like it's the real world, because that's the best training for you. And it goes back to again, if our players know they're taken care of, they're loved, and we want the best for them, then you don't have a lot of the, we don't have a lot of those issues here. But the transfer portal's here to stay. It's just going to right. get bigger and bigger and, and continue to, to grow. And you just got to have open, honest conversations with your guys and navigate those waters. You kind of hit on this a little bit ago, but, um, you, you know, when you're at a job, obviously you're not thinking about what the next job is. You're thinking about the current job. When that – you've gone through a couple changes. You know, you were here as a coordinator, went to Tennessee, came here. Uh, we t- touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, what is that decision process like, and, and how how do you navigate it specifically through um, weighing, you know, I want to be here for a long time, or I want to, you know, see what this opportunity is like? I mean, I'm sure that after any successful year, a head coach is probably getting some calls from 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 schools saying, "Hey, we're interested in you." I mean, how do you know 
if there's anything specifically, how do you know, like, my time is up here, I need to pursue that opportunity, or no, that one's not right right now? Um, you know, that's a great question. I've really, it's just a gut feeling. It's a comfort level deal. It really goes back to the people again for me. Um, I've learned in my career, don't ever take a job because of money. You know, if you do, you're not going to be a happy person. Uh, there's no amount of money in the world that can make up for you being unhappy in the work environment that you're in. You know, um, I like quality of life over monetary value. Um, and so quality of life is really, really important for me. And it goes back to who do you work for? Are those good people? You know, are they, do they have the best interest and heart uh, for their, for their staff and for their players? And, um, you know, and it goes back to the family aspect. So for me, it's more of that, the quality of life and that gut feeling of, yes, this, this is the next step. And when I was a young coach, to be honest with you, like all young coaches, um, I try to chase the, 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 the ladder a little bit. I'm talking about early 20s now. Right. I'm not talking like right. recently. Um, of, oh, man, I, can, I hope I can go to this job and, you know, and maybe try to go be a quarterback's coach here or maybe go be a coordinator there. And what I found was when you chase the job, you usually don't get it. Yep. The job has to find you. And, uh, again, another great coach, again, told me, said, you know, go, go master the, your job of where you're at. Go master your craft. Be indispensable where you're at. Um, promote the head football coach. Make the head football coach look better. And usually team success equals personal success. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe that I've seen it in my own career over and over again. I've seen it in other people's careers, seen it in my own uh, brother's career. I talked about him being a servant leader. And, and, you know, so I think at the end of the day, it's all in God's hands. So you just go work hard where you're at. You be indispensable. Um, you, you make sure you invest in every aspect of what you can invest in. And good things are going to happen for you. Talked about, you know, that time in your life and in your career where you were kind of looking at job after job after job, what have you learned the most about yourself and about God and your faith throughout your career, you know, to now where you've got such a different outlook on your career than you did in your early twenties. I think that's the case for most people. And I think it's good. You know, you, like you said, you want to become wiser and, and gain that wisdom as you go on. But, you know, starting, I don't know when you started coaching exactly, but from that early part of your career, to where you're at now, what's been the thing or a couple of things that you learned the most about yourself and about God? A um, couple of things I learned. When I was very fortunate, I was very blessed to be hired full-time at, at a young age. I was 22 or 23. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, like all young people, I had all these bright ideas about what a coach was and and what I could do and make my mark and on the profession. And, and it's funny how it works. It, you know, God said, here you go at 22 and 23, you're a full-time coach. Um, you know, and I realized I knew nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I realized that, you know, I had a lot to learn. And that, to be honest with you, I was probably in a position where I was very fortunate. I worked for June Jones at University of Hawaii, and June hired me as a as a offensive assistant slash special teams coordinator. And I knew nothing, you know. I thought I did, but. Um, very quick to realize that. And so it humbled me. Um, it made me realize that 
um, to learn is a very precious thing, mm-hmm. you know, and to to seek knowledge and 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 learn from people that have done it, you know, and and have fought the battles that you want to fight and made the mistakes that you you're going to make, and um, so I've learned that. Uh, I touched on it earlier about the peace, about just being at peace of knowing that it's all in God's hands. Um, he's going to put you where he wants you to be. I mean, I look back at my career and I hope I get to coach for another 30 years, but, um, you know, just to see the place, the place, the place that I've been and the people that have been in my life and, and how I've been able to, to go from one side of the country in Hawaii to all, you know, to you know, to California, to Western, to Memphis, to Alabama, to all right. these places, and and it was the right place at the right time, and learned so many different things. It made me realize, hey, it's it's all God. It, it just it is, and I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, some people disagree with that statement, but it made me have peace in knowing there's a process, and and that He puts you where He wants you to be at the right time, at the right place, and. Uh, so you asked that question earlier about the stresses you deal with and the wins and the losses and right. all that. I am so blessed to be able to sit in the seat that I'm sitting in. I'm going to enjoy the ride as long as I can enjoy it. Right. And and I love the battles and I love the grind and I love the relationships and, and all those kind of things. And I would like to think all the experiences I've had up to this point in my career have led me to this spot and I have so much more to learn, you know, and so to me, I have a lot of, lot of peace in that. So um, hopefully we'll get to do this interview again way down the line, and <laughs> I may be speaking a different tune. But to this day, it, I'm a firm believer in the fact that he, God's got me where he wants me to be. When people think about Coach Tyson Helton and the Western Kentucky football program and just any program that you're associated with, I, I don't know if – there's any sort of like mission statement or something in your mind, I guess, what do you want people to think of when they think of you as a coach? What are some qualities or like what, if there was like an elevator speech that you could give to somebody <laughs> about the football team. What is it that you'd want them to have as their takeaway, their opinion? And kind of, I guess more so as it relates to the character of you and your program. Yeah, man, what a tough question. Cause I can be long winded. on this one. <laughs> Um, you know, for for me, it, it's we have two mottos here, and, and uh, there's a motto that says "just win," you know, and there's a motto that says "whatever it takes." And um, I think for us, that when my vision of what we are as a team and what we are as a program is, we're going to do whatever it takes to win. Now we're going to do it the right way, but you know, there's a saying that says, "Don't tell me about the storm; bring the ship into port." Nobody wants to hear about your issues. Nobody wants to hear about your deficiencies. Nobody wants to hear about uh, the problems you have. What they want to know is production. Are you going to be able to produce? And when I say produce, it's not only wins and wins and losses out on the field. It's are you going to be able to produce um, to develop a football player? You know, are you going to be able to produce to to get him to be successful in life? You know, and and so. At the end of the day, well, I would like to think that when people meet me or around me, they know, all right, hey, this guy's very passionate. He has a vision. He has a firm belief in what he's doing. And that anybody that's associated with that program, 
they're 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 have the same vision and they're on that same path and it's something that I want to be a part of um, and I think we're we're just now growing that the, I think we're in a great spot right now but I think we can continue to grow that more and more and uh, hopefully it it develops into something that when I'm not here anymore that it's long lasting you know that's that's my number one goal here is is okay, your time is now here, and when you leave here, what did you leave at Western Kentucky? What did you establish? And I hope that when people are around me, they feel that, that passion. A couple questions to finish up here. First, just how sweet was that win at Arkansas? It had to have been awesome for you as a coach to, to not only win against an SEC team, but your quarterback was a transfer from Arkansas and got to go back to his old roots and come away from, from that with a, a pretty blowout win. You know, I just how – how sweet was that experience for you? It was great. Um, you know, anytime you can go into an SEC environment and, and be on the road and um, and get and get a, a win like we, how we how we won it, you know, and really from the get go controlling the whole aspect of the game and to see the storyline behind Ty and, and him coming back. And, no pun intended. There. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just one of those magical days and. Uh, you know, and, and and it's now. What do we do now? Right. You know, for me, it's okay. Now we got to take another big step. You know, so you know, we got two more games left, and, and I keep saying it over and over. What you do in November, they remember. You know, and so yeah. I want everybody to remember this season and be very proud of how we finished. You know, we want to be a bowl team, and we want to go win a bowl game. Um, we need this train has left the station and we're starting to gain momentum and we got to we got to keep it rolling. So I think really the the Arkansas win put us on a platform that says, hey, this this program's capable of doing some big things. Right. And um, you know, and and who knows where where we go uh, from from here? You know, I think you look at. Now that you've made that big step, I think for us, you know, we've won a lot of a lot of big. I think back to the Marshall game, you know, when I was here before, sixty-seven to sixty-six or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's probably one of the best games I've ever been a part of. Best games, one of the best games I've ever watched. Yeah, too. I mean, um, but the most rewarding game that I've ever been a part of was last week at Arkansas. That was actually my next question: was what's yeah, what's the most, I guess, rewarding or best experience you've had as a coach. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the best game I've ever been a part of is is, is the Marshall one. Okay. So the both fun of is, Western Kentucky. Yeah, and, right. and I've been asked this before, and I get them confused. The, probably uh, the funnest game I've ever been a part of was the Rose Bowl when we when I was at USC and we played Penn State in the Rose Bowl. That was a fun game yeah. to see what Sam Darnold did and all those kind of things. Right. The most rewarding game was against Arkansas. And so, you know, just where we were as a team and what we thought we could do and, and to go do it against a big SEC Power 5 opponent and, and you know, people saying, hey, it's one of the biggest wins and those kind of things, and, and that's special. But we have a lot we want to accomplish and a lot we want to do here. And um, I'm hoping that we just don't – sit around and say oh man that was you know a great win at Arkansas I'm hoping we can look back at the end of the season and say man we had several more really good wins and had a big bowl win and all those kind of things when your time is done here at Western Kentucky and you look back on it what needs to happen or what maybe has already happened that whenever you're done here you can look back and say that was a success 
Um, I would say what I mentioned earlier about what our goals were as 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 team, as players, coaches, and those kind of things. We wanted we wanted to win a conference championship, but even more importantly, our, our goal was to reestablish this program in in the winning tradition and in the winning ways. And so we still got two more to go. We'll see where that goes, but. We, I would like to look back and, and say, yeah, we accomplished the goal that we set out way back in last uh, December when I took the job right. of what's what we want to get the winning tradition back. And so we're, we're close to doing that. We just got to keep it rolling. Well, Coach, thanks so much. It's just so refreshing, I think, to hear the human aspect of coaching. Obviously, we see what happens on the court or on the field, and it's easy to lose that's a real human being that's doing the coaching and they've got a life and they've got emotions and all of that. So it's awesome to hear you kind of shed some light and share your story on, on, on your journey. So appreciate you sharing all that with us. And obviously uh, wish you nothing but success here at my alma mater and uh, excited to see the success that's already started to happen. Well, I appreciate it and uh, enjoyed talking with you today. Thanks for having me. I am pumped the Hilltoppers are back playing for a bowl game this year. I know where I'm going to be on December 30th. It's been a couple years since WKU was in a bowl game, so I'm excited to have a game to watch that I have a vested interest in, so I cannot wait for that. Really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I think Coach Helton's got a great perspective on how he approaches his job, but also uh, remaining grounded in his faith and his priorities with his family, and it was just a really refreshing conversation. Next week, we'll shift gears a little bit. Amanda Carpenter is the guest. She has a devotional out that she wrote last year called Space. And as we are in the middle of Christmas season, I think it's a great reminder on how to create balance and maintain that balance in our personal lives and professional lives and anything else during this busy season that is Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. She's got a lot of great advice on how to maintain our mental health and just create space. So I'm excited to share that conversation with you guys. If you need me at all, you can find me, Cole Claiborne, on pretty much any social media platform. Feel free to send me an email, coleclaiborne at gmail.com, if you've got suggestions or thoughts about the show. But I hope you all have a great week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week with Amanda Carpenter.